Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with Jason Bisnoff, a wealth management staff writer at Forbes, and he also happens to be my first cousin and the reason that I am a Rangers fan. We argue all the time and talk about the Rangers almost every game, so I thought it'd be fun to have him on and record one of our conversations. So we've got that. I'm going to touch on the Kyle Beach interview with TSN and that whole situation going on in the Chicago Blackhawks organization. I'm also going to give some of my favorite gambling picks for the weekend in the NHL. So we've got that, and we've got a lot more. So let's get into it. So for anyone who doesn't know, the biggest story in the NHL this week and a big story that's been going on for the last couple months is the Brad Aldrich sexual assault story in the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Aldrich was a video coach with the Blackhawks in 2010 when he was accused of sexually assaulting Kyle Beach, who was a black ace with the Blackhawks at the time. And for those who don't know what a black ace is, it's basically someone who's called up from the minor leagues to practice with the Chicago Blackhawks, to practice with the NHL team throughout their playoff run, just in case of any injuries. They would suit up and be thrown into the lineup. Kyle Beach never played in that 2010 playoff run, but he was there for the entire thing. This has been very hard for me to kind of comprehend and wrap my head around. You know, not only for Kyle Beach as an NHL player, but for him as a human being. I've now watched this interview that he did with TSN two times uh, just to kind of feel that emotion. And I've tried to think about myself in that situation and how I would handle it. And the more I think about it and the more I watch, I've understood that I can never do that because anyone who, and, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, but anyone who's saying like, oh, why didn't Kyle Beach just kick his ass? Like he was 20 and probably much stronger. He could just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm sure that thought probably crossed his mind, but no one, it, it, it's so unfair for us to be here now and say what we would do in the situation. I don't think anyone really can tell what they would do unless they were put in that situation. And the only people that can really say those things are the ones who were victimized by Brad Aldrich. And there were more than just Kyle Beach. There was a young hockey player in Michigan, and there was another Chicago Blackhawks player that hasn't spoken out about it because he's probably not comfortable doing so. And for me, just watching Kyle speak on the whole situation, it really hit home because I've been in a lot of hockey locker rooms. And listen, I'm not the perfect person. You know, I understand how hockey locker rooms work. There's a lot of joking around, a lot of, you know, making fun. And for him to bottle that up for 10 years, 10 plus years, must have been so hard. And, you know, you kind of see people talking about it. I know Emily Kaplan and Linda Cohen touched on it. A lot of Chicago headlines when, Kyle Beach was actually traded to the Rangers on December 6th in 2013 for Brandon Mashinter. I don't know if Ranger fans even knew that. I didn't know that till yesterday. I don't remember that trade happening. But Emily and Linda talked about a post. I'm not exactly sure who posted it, and I apologize for not crediting the name. But there was a lot of Chicago headlines that called Kyle Beach arguably the biggest bust in NHL history. He was a first-round pick that never really panned out, but no one knew what was going on behind the scenes. No one knew why he didn't pan out. So it's just a great point that you really never know what someone's going through. So it's very hard to judge Kyle in the situation, especially now, because he was a 20-year-old kid. He 
he was a kid in the situation. He's not the 31 year old grown man that he is now. I'm sure at this time it was very hard for him to even talk about this. And he obviously went to went to a few people in the Chicago Blackhawks organization and wasn't treated the right way. The way he was treated and the way that it's been handled by the Blackhawks, not only in 2010, but right now with all the comments that are being made by players like Kane and Taves and Joel Quinville not answering questions and still being on the bench in Florida. I don't know if this is the best thing to talk about, but it makes me think of the show Ted Lasso. And I know you might think, how the fuck are you thinking of Ted Lasso in a situation like this? But there is a part in Ted Lasso where Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso, the head coach of the soccer team, and he makes a point. Doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. So for the Blackhawks to go through their playoff run, thinking that this would just be a distraction and would ruin their chances at winning the Stanley Cup, that's them doing the wrong thing. You know, Had they come out to the public and said, this is what's going on, we're addressing it, we're still going to show up to play, we're still going to come out every night, we're still going to try to win the Stanley Cup, yeah, I think it probably would have been a way better situation had it been handled right away. And you know, I'm not here speculating who knew what, who didn't know what, but I think it has been proven that a lot of people knew what was going on and kind of swept it under the rug. You know, then again, I'm not here to point fingers or, or accuse people of anything, but just from what I've read and, and the stories that have been confirmed, it's obvious that Kyle Beach could have had a lot more help in that situation. And who knows, maybe had it been handled right away, he would have had a great NHL career. But here we are 10, 11 years later, he's now playing in Sweden, thinking about a career that could have been. And anyone who watched that interview, it is just so hard to, to think about a human being causing, causing that much harm on another human being. I mean, I've been that 20 year old kid with a dream of playing in the NHL and you want to do anything to get there. And I just can't imagine being put in a situation like that and having to publicly speak about it. So I think Kyle Beach has been so brave coming out with this story and he's really going to help save the lives of many other victims and help people feel comfortable about talking about it. Um, you know, that's been a huge thing is just being comfortable speaking about it because he can save people's careers and lives and, and who knows. It's just been so hard for me to fathom. Um, it just kind of sickens me that there are people that get off on these kind of things. So um, that's all I really have to say about the whole situation. I, I still think it's just so unfair for the people that have never been in that situation like myself to sit here and, and judge the actions of Kyle Beach. You know, and I'm guilty of doing that at first. I was one of those guys. I was like, man, if that was me, I would just try to kick his ass. Like, well, I wouldn't let him do that to me. But I have I have no idea. I wasn't in that room. I'm not able to say what went down. I, it's you know, it, it's kind of Aldrich's word against Kyle. So I am just in so, in so much pain for him. Just, you know, hearing him speak about it and hearing the emotion, you know, I highly suggest anyone who's heard the story to to dig in a little deeper and, and listen to that interview that Kyle Beach did with TSN and Sports Center in Canada, because it's just, it's just such an important life lesson. I'm going to go back to the Ted Lasso quote, but it's, it's just something that's going to stick with me forever. And it's so true. Doing the right thing is never the wrong thing. So if anyone ever finds himself in a situation where you're unsure about doing what's right, just do it because no one could ever get mad at you for doing the right thing. And, and that's, I think, the biggest takeaway from this entire situation. So hopefully Kyle can recover from this and, and help other people going through this. And hopefully the Chicago Blackhawks organization can bounce back because it's kind of tough to see an original six team have such negativity around their organization, especially with the way they're playing right now, too. It's just Chicago is a mess right now. But that's all I'm going to say about the topic for the time being until more comes out about the story. I'm going to leave it at that. Aside from that, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Blue York. Like I always talk about, they are a fan-made brand that makes custom designs, content, and apparel 
for the blue shirts. I'm currently rocking the new 1994 City of Champions black crew neck, which you can find on the website, iambluyork.com. That's I-A-M-B-L-U-E-Y-O-R-K.com. And use code Johnny, J-O-N-M-Y, to get 15% off of their website. That's J-O-N-N-Y to get 15% off of their website. I rock the Blue York merch to every Ranger game that I go to, whether it's a hat, a sweatshirt, T-shirt, anything, you name it, they've got it. So go to IamBlueYork.com and use code Johnny. Before I send it over to Jason Biznoff, I want to give some of my picks for this weekend. I'm not going to take any games on Friday night. I don't like the matchups, but what I do love on Saturday, and I'm telling you honestly, I did go 0-5 on Wednesday night, so I don't really have the hottest streak going right now. So you can fade me if you want. I, I might recommend that this week. Haven't been too hot, but my past couple weeks have been been very hot so far to start the season. So take it as you will. But here are my two picks for Saturday that I really, really, really like. I like the Islanders and the under on the road in Nashville, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Ilya Sorokin has been very hot, has had two back-to-back shutouts. Nashville's goalie, UC Saros, has been incredible so far to start the season. He's their best player, and he's their backbone. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, so that's why I like the under. And I do like the Islanders because they've been rolling right now. They're finding their game, and they've had a lot of days off. So I'm taking the Islanders' money line and the under in that game. And I also think with everything going on around Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers and I like Boston at home, money line against the Florida Panthers. I know they've been the best team in the NHL right now. They're 7-0, and but they're due for a loss, and especially with this outside noise going on around Joel Quenville. Boston's a very good team, very good on home ice, so I like the Bruins to beat the Florida Panthers on home ice Saturday, 7 o'clock at night, Eastern time. Those are going to be my picks for this weekend, so take it as you will. You can fade me. I won't take offense to it. I haven't really been hot this week, so best of luck on the bets. Let me know if you do take my bets. I love when people... Let me know if they're riding with me and if they won or not. So feel free to DM me or tweet at me, whatever you want. Let me know if you took the picks. I'm going to send it over to Jason Biznoff. Hope you guys enjoy this interview. This week, I'm happy to welcome the person that is responsible for me being a Rangers fan, probably the most opinionated Rangers fan that I know, a wealth management staff writer at Forbes. We argue all the time about the Rangers and about hockey, so I figured it might be fun to record it. My first cousin... The biggest Ranger fan that I know, Jason Biznoff. Welcome to the show. Uh, that that's really a lot of pressure that I uh, that I'm the reason you're a Rangers fan. I'm really really sorry about that. I could have like you know raised you and said like, hey, we're Avalanche fans, or hey, we're something else good. But sorry about that. I mean, I didn't really have a choice. I actually, so funny story. I I don't think I was an Islander fan, but there's a picture of me at like my seventh birthday wearing a, an Alexi Yashin Islanders jersey, and my hair is like painted blue and orange, like in the Islander colors. And I don't even remember ever liking the Islanders, but I guess you must have just completely turned me into the other way. Like, I, I guess my dad grew up an Islander fan, so I like had that a little bit in me, but I remember vividly you bringing me to, or I went to a Rangers game with you and our aunt Amy, Rangers Capitals, Yager was yeah. on the Capitals, it was a 2-2 tie. We went to ESPN zone before, and I think since that day, I've been a Ranger fan, but um, that's like yeah. the greatest day ever in like 1999 yeah. in New York City. <laughs> I actually was saying to my friends last week, they got to bring back ESPN Zone. That shit was so fun. Yeah, now people just like are on the internet and don't do stuff like that anymore. Yeah, but just like shooting on the pretend goalie and like you know, I guess I guess it's weird now if you're like 25 doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can get in there easily yeah. without like setting off some red flags. Definitely not. But let's dive in right away because, like I said in the intro, you are the most opinionated Ranger fan that I know. Um, you know, I, I've talked to you probably almost every game, I think, at least most games, but you weren't a big fan of the offseason moves that the Rangers made. You didn't really buy into the whole grit thing. So have they surprised you at all in the opening five games? What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm opinionated or just have a loud voice, but um, <laughs> I, I try to be a little nuanced. But yeah, I mean, the, the grit thing, I, I had fears around it. Like, I, I wasn't delusional that like the whole relying on prospects, every prospect to come through and four lines of top line type play. I knew that wasn't a, a, a realistic idea. It just felt like they went over overkill on that because at the end of the day, you, you know, you have to put the puck in the net. Uh, same with basketball, like, oh, defense and, and all these other elements of the game, assists, all are very important. But at the end of the day, they, they keep score, and it's whoever has the more score. And it's kind of been what I feared. I mean, 26 and goals for per game. I looked that up before. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, for me, I think the grit thing has kind of come out as like, it's cool to more physical and stuff, but we may not have enough goal scoring. And on top of that, my big fear is that I'm having flashbacks to Henrik Lundqvist's career. Mm-hmm. where you have a growth for the believe it or not Rangers fans don't realize this if you look at Jacqueline Richter Henrik Igor if Igor becomes what we think he could become we basically have 80 percent of seasons since like 1985 had a top five ten goalie in the league it's a blessing we got one cup out of that and so this early season as much as it's very much just an overreaction to a very small sample size definitely reminds me of Oh God, is this going to be, is he going to have Henrik's career where yeah. he has to have a game like Toronto? I mean, that was, we, we, you know, we, we were, we're four, two and one, but we had no business winning in Toronto and Ottawa. So mm-hmm. if we were two, four and one, as much as Rangers Twitter is freaking out a lot at two, four and one, I think we'd all correctly be sounding the alarm bell and Toronto and Ottawa were wins that didn't feel like, Oh, we earned this one. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Those are the games that Igor stole pretty much. But, you know, I'm, I'm much happier to have a guy like Igor that can steal games and, and get wins. And, you know, for lack of a better goalie I could think of, Mike Dunham or, you know, Dan Blackburn. Those are like the two goalies that I remember who just like were not good at all. But, um, you know, it's been great to see Igor come in and steal games. Like, you know, you kind of look at a, at a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and they've had the most chances for in the entire NHL and they just can't score goals. But then again, like they don't have a goalie that's stealing them the game. So, you know, you kind of got to give and take what you can get. And it's funny to think too, like a guy that's stood out that I've always loved my favorite player in the Rangers, Chris Kreider. You kind of look at the goals that the Rangers are scoring right now and it's not coming from Panarin. It's not coming from Zibanejad. I mean, sure, those guys have maybe one or two goals each, but the goals that we've been scoring are those kind of gritty playoff goals. Like they're kind of the ugly deflection garbage goals. So I think, you know, as, as much as we want goal scoring, the goal scoring that we're getting is what we might need down the road. So it hasn't really been you know, such a disappointment offensively, although we haven't scored many goals. I just look at the the goals that we are scoring and, you know, you think come April, come May, those are the goals that go in. It's not going to be pretty one, two, three backdoor passes from Mika and, and Artemi. They're just, that's just not going to cut it in the playoffs. So that is a positive sign, I think, but I, I don't know if you want to counter that or do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, no, I I'm praying this isn't another Kreider has 20 goals to 25 games and ends the season with 25 goals. Mm-hmm. Um, be really cool after signing that big contract. If I mean, he's not, he's not so old where he couldn't have his best season ahead of him, especially if he learns, you know, I look like a guy like Joe Pavelski who learned how to score that goal Kreider scoring this season. Yeah. And that's why Pavelski at 38 was still like an offensive dynamo because mm-hmm. Kreider, that whole coming up the wing shooting is amazing, but mm-hmm. that's going to fade more than I just know how to play in front of the net, be a body and get pucks and, you know, get, get my stick on pucks. So they'll be really excited. He keeps doing that. I think the positives also early on is talk, we're talking about, you know, the good and the bad. They played seven and 12 days, a lot on the road and have been missing Strom and Kako for a lot of them. Um, That is all important caveats. It just is very weird where 
we were talking about before we went on the air, it is very weird as a Rangers fan to look at the record and be like, okay. But then the eye test has been, I think, for all of us, cause for concern. But then again, another positive, just to play both sides, they will get better as the season goes on. It is yeah. a new coach, a new system, a lot of guys playing higher in the lines than they should. And I think that need to. We need to find out if Capital and the Frenier have it or not. But the, the big downer for me is the third and fourth lines, which have been the bane of our existence for years now. We still don't really have an identity on those, which is, is yeah. something we're going to have to get to get to that next level. You got to think about it, too, and something that kind of goes under the radar. This team, the core that the Rangers have right now, haven't really been together for a normal season. This is like their first somewhat normal season. Like we got Panarin, I think, in, was it 18-19 or 19-20 was his first year? I think 18 Eighteen, nineteen. So maybe he, we had one full season of Panarin, but then you know Fox comes in, Lingering comes in, uh, Truba comes in. All these guys come in, and then you know their first season as a team, COVID hits, and then they got three months off till the bubble, and then they're playing in the bubble. They kind of have a weird experience. Then last year, no fans. We got Lafreniere, we got Kako, all these guys, and now this is the first year where they can actually have a normal NHL season, and then also a normal NHL life away from the rink. And I think that's so important to like gel as a team off the ice you know that's something that i talked about with with dave maloney when he was on here how you know you can judge chemistry all you want but chemistry is not built on the ice it all starts away from the rink and now that they're on the road they can go to restaurants they can spend more time together as a team i think it's only going to benefit a team like the rangers even more yeah i think we forget their people sometimes I mean, i remember Mika's yeah. slow start last year he was coming off covid um i think it's public at this point i heard it like through the grapevine but uh he also like his wife was not able to come from sweden like there was a lot i mean we were all not okay last year uh if you were okay you, you probably have something wrong with you like last year so i think you're right i mean i, I this hockey podcast this new puck soup uh ryan lambert who's a writer for for ep ringside he'll like always joke like oh those two fake seasons the nhl had yeah. were like i'm really glad they played but like he's not and i know he's being dramatic he's not like totally wrong like, no. those were weird seasons um especially like you look at um, as a guy who never takes a chance not to bash the Islanders, both those shortened seasons, the Rangers were trending up mm. at game 50 and the Islanders were trending down. And I think the hope for this team is, you know, you've played a lot on the road. You're still four, two and one on the road, new coach, new system, bunch of new guys. And if by game 50, you're starting to hit stride and you're still in the wild card picture, that's exactly where you want to be. Yeah. And I think that's like the realistic goal this team has, right? Like they're not going to, the goal for this year is to make the playoffs, not to, you know, host the first round or have any home ice advantage. It's, it's really just to get there and, you know, have guys like Fox, like Lindgren, like Kako, like Lafreniere, get some playoff experience because, you know, obviously if, if this team makes a, you know, God forbid a cup run, like that'd be great, but I don't think anyone's expecting that, you know? So I think just as a fan, like we all just want those guys to get the experience, but I want to ro- rewind a little bit and go back to how you became a Rangers fan because, you know, obviously you're five years older than I am, so I don't even know how you got into it originally. I mean, I know, but I don't know fully. Uh, my dad grew up a diehard Rangers fan. I mean, when other kids were hearing about whatever other kids hear about, uh, I was hearing about Mark Messier and the guarantee. And I was hearing about, uh, you know, my dad, me and him are both like the very much the self-loathing New York fans. Where mm-hmm. So I was also hearing about them trading Leach on his birthday and trading Jockerman. So we love to hate the Rangers, but we also love the Rangers. So that was always, my dad used to, uh, uh, there's a guy who was on my on my little league softball, uh, baseball team. Mm-hmm. And he says, my dad used to say, let's go Rangers before he went out to the field. And our team name was not the Rangers. <laughs> so, um, it was, that was always a way of life with me. Um, you do that a lot too. I feel like an yeah. awkward, awkward silence. You always, you'll, you'll pump out a let's go Rangers. 
It's uh, it's a it's a catch-all. I, I I have no regrets with that. Um, but there's you know in fifth grade I wrote uh, uh, an article. It, not I, an article. It's like a fifth grade. Quite the record. In fifth grade I wrote published in the Atlantic. No, I yeah. fifth grade I wrote a thing that about uh, I guess the assignment was where do you feel home, and I wrote about Madison Square Garden. So it's been I've been indoctrinated for quite some time uh, with this, um, and that's why you know when I talk about my Rangers experience, I mean Henrik is such a huge part of it because it was. Mm you know, for a lot of us, he's not being a Yankees fan. Um, when you're around our age, Henrik is the New York icon. Obviously Jeter, the reason I say Yankees, because Jeter is unbelievable. I'm a Mets fan. I'm willing to admit that. Eli won. He was never that cool. Um, the mm. Mets are the Mets. The Knicks have been the Knicks, despite the fact that right now I'm really excited about them. Yeah. Henrik Lundqvist was this consistent, great, I think underrated by non-Rangers fans as well. Um, and that's why he was a big part of my Ranger fandom but also why I'm really hoping and the grit thing freaked me out a little bit that we learned from why we didn't win with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we were the black and blue shirts and that was fun and all, but there's no cup because Anze Kopitar was a better player than anyone on our team. Yeah. We were going to these series and we didn't have the best guy on the ice. So I'm hoping we learned from that. I'm answering your question way too long, but no, no, it's good. Panarin, Zibanejad and Fox are better than anyone who probably Henrik ever played with. And so that is the one saving grace. We can screw up other stuff around. We can mess around. The you know we created Booch. That actually doesn't look so bad right now. Blay looks oh. really good. Yeah. Um, but you have three guys who are staples of like I, I would go to battle with Kreider, Zibanejad, and Fox. I mean, uh, Panarin, Zibanejad, and Fox as your top three. You can go into playoff series with like that. That contends with the top three on any team in the league. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think you know for the Rangers of the past, like that that 2014, 2015. I think the biggest thing was down the middle, right? Like their centers were not that deep. Who was it? We, I mean, we had good centers. That don't get me wrong, they they were good centers. Eric Stippen was never a one. Never, never a one. one. Never a one. And then who, who was two? Broussard. And then Dominic Moore was four. Who was who was even three? I don't even know who three was. Brian Boyle maybe was Brian Boyle three. Yeah, I don't know. Very possibly. The yeah. fact that we don't remember it is not great. Yeah, but I think that's been a, a huge focus now. I mean, that's a lot. You know, a lot of the reason why there was talk about Eichel because. You see all these Stanley Cup teams and they're deep down the middle because that's like the most important position on the ice, aside from the goalie, obviously, because, you know, centers cover the entire rink. So I think that's got to be the focus, too, is to to get a true. I mean, Ryan Strom has been great and Panera makes him look great, but that's the next step, I think, for the Rangers is just to get another true, you know, number two center, because I think Mika has proved himself as a number one. You know, I, I actually I kind of wanted to bring this up, too, for anyone who doesn't know, Jason. You can tell his Ranger fandom because he turned 30 this summer and I got him a Mika Zibanejad jersey and you would have thought he was 12 years old getting his first Ranger jersey when he put it on. Yeah, man, that was awesome. <laughs> I like I like haven't been bought a jersey in such a long time. Yeah. It's still awesome. It was so funny. I was like, I I actually just like I just thought of that. I wasn't even gonna bring it up, but like it's it's so funny handing a 30 year old man a, a Ranger jersey and and having him throw it on like he's 12 years old. It was it really. It also, awesome. I will say, I was totally prepared because you got me that jersey for him to be traded for Eichel or something uh-huh. and. The fact that he was re-signed was like against everything. You like yeah. you, you buy a jersey and you're like, all right, how is this gonna not age well? Like Mika's yeah. gonna be a jersey. He'll retire a ranger, probably. Yeah, he'll retire a ranger. Yeah, which becomes an evergreen jersey. That becomes a jersey uh-huh. you can wear 10 years from now and it's still in style versus your Peter, you know, you have a Peter Pruka and then Artemanizimov, I believe, if I'm correct. My jersey my jersey lineup is Avery, Lindros, and Anisimov. I think the Pruka jersey is a little too small for me. I might have might have been passed down. But uh, yeah, so my birthday's coming up in March. I don't know. I can't think of anything I want. But uh, you know, if you have anything in is mind, it weird to get you Fox because you like know him. Is it like weird to have your friend's jersey? I don't see. I feel like I should. I actually, I I saw Tammy and Bruce Fox at the home opener, and I was saying like, 
man, he's been in the league for almost three years now, and I don't even have a Fox jersey yet. Like, I kind of feel like I should have one. So I'm either going to buy it or you can buy it for me. <laughs> I, I, this, is very, this is very subtle. I don't know what I'm going to do. But yeah. the one, I because you haven't had smoke blowing up your ass on this podcast yet. Johnny was a very good hockey player, and you can tell because I told him uh, last year, like halfway through the season, there was a significant chance, and it may happen again this year, that the three finals for the Norris could all be guys you talk to regularly. Charlie, Kale, and Fox could be the top three. I know Charlie you're not as close with, but like if you texted Charlie at the Bruins game, he'd make time to see you. No, Kale I'm actually closer the- with Charlie and Adam than I am with Kale. I don't really talk to Kale that much anymore. But Either way, um, guys, guys yeah. you commiserate with could be the three finals for the Norris, which is pretty crazy. It's it's crazy to see too, and and you know Charlie signing that huge contract, and Adam basically taking all the money he wants from New York when he get when he gets that contract. Like it's kind of cool to think about two Long Island boys, you know, who who grew up, you know, that that weren't necessarily. I know we knew Fox growing up, so everyone knew how good he was. But in the grand scheme of the hockey world, it was never like you know McAvoy and Fox are going to make the NHL one day. Like you know that Charlie Charlie especially was a, a late bloomer. He you know really made a name for himself in like eleventh grade. Uh, we went to the national development program and, and Adam was a third round draft pick. So, you know, people, I, I've actually said this in the podcast before, but, um, and you could tell a story too about Adam going to sleepaway camp with us. I know you, like you coached him in, in sleepaway camp one summer, but you know, people were just questioning if he'd even make the NHL, let alone dominate and win a Norris. So it is really cool, but well, I'll, I'll let you tell that story. I did coach him in a pre-color war game, which, huh. uh, I believe is the only reason he's made it this far, but that, yeah. that can't be confirmed. Um, and either way, like he was the only kid who could skate on our team because they tried yeah. to make it even by putting every other kid who could skate. We were down two one at the end of the first because he kept passing. Mm-hmm. I told him stop passing. Brilliant coaching. We won twelve to two. He had eleven goals in the next two periods. Yeah. Um, was it, it was an adjustment we needed to make on the fly to have, to have Adam shoot all the putts. <laughs> we're a young Gerard Gallant. It's actually funny yeah. too. I remember when Adam first made the Rangers? You told me to text him. Hey, do you remember Jason Biznoff? <laughs> yeah, and that that didn't work out. How I was hoping my my father in law still thinks that like somehow we're gonna get beers with him and like. Realistically, if we ever saw you at a game, it could happen. But he thinks it's like way more casual. Yeah. He, he thinks he's also our cousin. I'm like, that's not the case. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not the case. But I want to go back again to your early Ranger fandom. What was your, I guess, not like biggest or coolest moment? Because, you know, obviously I feel like the Stanley Cup would be there. But um, just like most memorable moment as a fan. And then, you know, the most disappointing moment as a fan. Um, most memorable was... Um... I, you know, probably, uh, it, it's cliche, but uh, I, I just, my wife and me had just started dating like a year and a half ago and she knows a huge Rangers fan and they made the finals and I started crying and she's like, didn't expect me to be that emotional. And I was like, I, you know, you don't understand. And now she's finally, cause she's only seen like the end of the Henrik tenure. And she thought we just make yeah. the playoffs and we win playoff rounds. I'm like this just, just doesn't happen. And now she's seeing like the real deal that you can go mm. be stuck in the wilderness for years. Uh, making the finals was unbelievable. It's one of those things that um, beyond just doing it, but that team we grew up with, we like kind of saw them progress and Henrik being, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit my quota of the times I mentioned Henrik here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Henrik finally getting there. And then similarly, you know, that whole series was gut-wrenching. Um, I, I think every Rangers fan knows this stat, but it still is bewildering. If you actually look, they were not trailing in regulation ever in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost in overtime, which means you never trail. Yeah. So they actually never were down. They were never down a goal in LA. Um, and I think the series is over probably with that. I actually, funny story. I went to the garden for game three to go to scalp a ticket. And I was like, I, get, I, I had 600 bucks in my pocket. I probably had $1,200 to my name mm-hmm. in cash. And I was like, this is the most I'm spending. 
like 10 minutes before the puck drop, I finally get that offer. And it just, something about it, I was like, I don't feel right about this. And I didn't go and they lost three, nothing. It was like the only game that was non-competitive and boy, am I glad I didn't go to that. But that was a, such a, a roller coaster because after they lost that, it also kind of felt like that may have been Henrik's shot. And yeah. that may have been that team shot in the Henrik era. And it turned out that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I actually thought our chances were better in 2015 and then, you know, laid an egg home ice game five and game seven against Tampa, which actually our other cousin, Michael, I'll give a shout out to It was his first Ranger game. I think game five when they got shut out at home and I was like, never fucking go to another game again. <laughs> yeah, don't, you, don't even look at the garden. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously. Don't even sniff it. Now he, now he's an Oklahoma city thunder fan. So we did the best that we could. Uh, which, he doesn't yeah, even watch which, hockey. Which, which they actually like have been tanking for six straight seasons. I don't know yeah. what's going on there, but that's a, <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah, but I also want to talk about other teams around the league. Um, you know, obviously you're a huge hockey fan, not just a Ranger fan. Who have you enjoyed watching so far this season aside from the Rangers? Um, I, you know, this is such a bad form thing. I, I, I kind of want to see Toronto do something. I know like you're supposed to all shit on them because they're no, like, I agree. Like, I think they're fun to watch. I think Austin Matthews is just like an awesome guy. He's he's actually cool and he's a hockey player and he has interests and he's a hockey player, besides like supporting the team or whatever it is that generic yeah. players are interested in mm-hmm. um more than anything i'll tell you i am blown away that the rain that the not the rangers the nhl did something right the nhl did tnt and espn and it's been great and it is always shocking when the nhl doesn't do the worst thing for their fans because that is what they like to do uh if you need an example see the offsides review but um when it works on the Rangers favor, I'm like, I still don't like this. Let's try to, let's try to make the leagues. Let's try to make the players score more goals and add more scoring, but let's also call a goal off. If a guy's legs in the air instead of on the ice. And like the Panarin one, like a couple games ago, like they were in the zone for 20 seconds. The team had two chances to clear. Yeah. Like the all sides was no longer relevant. It, so it, dumb. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the worst time that ever played in, which people, I, you know, I, I tweeted about it to no avail. Uh, P.K. Subban, when he was like electric and like a big personality, scored the first goal of the finals and it was brought back. And it was like, this is why people don't oh, like in Nashville. Sport. Yeah. He had this ill rip. Yeah. And this is like the first game of the finals, probably the biggest audience the NHL gets in a season. This is why people don't like our sport. I remember that. Like, oh, P.K. Subban, I've heard of him. He's bringing diversity to the game. He's exciting. He's fashionable. Scores this rocket goal. Let's look for a technicality to take that off the board. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh also in that game, I, I like vividly remember that game. They went up like they ended up going up three nothing, and then uh, Nashville actually came back, tied it at three, and then Pittsburgh like didn't even have a shot on goal for like twenty five minutes, and then Gensel came down the the right side and fucking sniped Pecorino like glove Isn't side. Isn't a African American defenseman with personality playing for a non traditional market scoring the first goal of game one of the finals? Like that's what we're all hoping for yeah. to grow the game. It's yeah. like, nah, like 20 seconds earlier, a guy's skate was in the air. We can't let this happen. It's like, oh my God. You actually had a great tweet last last year. I remember it was uh, like, the great to see the future of New York's blue line lies in a Jew and, and an African-American. And it's very New York. And I think that is another thing about this team. Um, Truba is the most, you know who watches the game based on their views on Truba. Because he definitely has not been this padding the stat sheet like he did in Winnipeg. But that guy is like just a stalwart. This like he's Dan Girardi, better Dan Girardi and more talented, but but yes, in a lot of ways, you know, Keandre is quietly having a little sophomore slump, which hopefully Mm -hmm. is just a little growing pains. 
he's carrying that guy and he seems to be a great locker room presence seems to be a good person too yeah. I mean, his like wife's a doctor and he's been talking about the science behind the vaccines and talking to other players about it. just seems like a good guy um mm-hmm. and that's another thing with this team where if you want to criticize some of the games or whatever we have a really solid top four on defense which is something again there is a lot of to be happy about it's just I think we're all anxious to see that next step. And that's where we're all getting a little anxious and, and, and impatient. So I want to ask you on top of that, who surprised you this year and who's disappointed you so far? And, and one thing I want to add before you before you go is that, you know, we talked a lot in the offseason about Ryan Reeves, Ryan Reeves, Ryan Reeves. I don't think I he's even that gl- man. But he hasn't even dropped the gloves yet. Yeah, I, I, I said this to you. I am not one for like fighting's awesome, but like after all that buildup, we didn't yeah. punch Tom Wilson. Yeah. Like, and I didn't even, I wouldn't even have thought we had to unless we like got every gritty guy ever. Like Jared Tindori's on this team. I don't know who that person is. I know he's like (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My my point exactly. Like, like we left like, but we didn't punch the guy. But yeah, who's impressed me? Reeves is just a culture locker room. Yeah. I love having him on our side. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not a real, uh, you know, Uh, Blay has been really uh, impressed me. Um, incredibly. Uh, I think the top six, I kind of expected to be good. So there's not a lot of flashy. I actually think Strom's absence has impressed me where I'm like, actually, maybe this guy is more important than we think. And maybe the whole, he's just a short term is misguided. Yeah. Uh, maybe he is a legit two center for three or four years. And the disappointment at Heedle, I really, I'm waiting for that jump and I'm starting to think we may be in trouble with when that jump's going to come. And that's been really upsetting because I've been in his corner and he had that hat trick in the preseason, but it's just, and maybe it's just because he has instability around him, but he's been someone who I think a ton of our season, he's a linchpin for the season in a lot of ways. If he can make a productive third line, hasn't really been there. It's early, um, but he's been a little disappointing, especially because like I said, how many years are we going to go? This is Heedle's year. You know, the Frenny and Kako have significant less time in the league. I, th- I think he's like in his fourth year at this point. Eagle. Four or um, five. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. That's been a disappointment. But the big thing, like I said, is the boots trade, which I was kind of down on at first. Like, Blake can play. Uh, Blake, yeah. like, belongs on a third line. And I mean, that pass to Lafreniere was unbelievable. And he yeah. also throws his body a lot. He's kind of that prototypical. Talk about grit. He's the actual, like, I'm, I'm gritty, but I'm not a net negative where I don't know how to play hockey. Like, they're, you know, a Donald Brashear, for instance, who genuinely couldn't play hockey. So yeah, no, yeah, I I, I completely agree. Sammy Blay has, has shown a lot of silky mitts, actually. You know, he's at a. I think his goal in the preseason was nasty too. I remember he had like a a, toe, yeah. a nice toe drag goal in the preseason, but um, it's all confidence, right? Like that's really all it is for these guys. Like they got to get some confidence, and they haven't really been able to score, especially on home ice. You know what? The home opener they scored two goals last game against Calgary. They scored one goal, and they they've had their chances. They just can't bury, but. Uh, this is going to come out on Friday on game day. They're playing Columbus at home. What are your expectations? Or I guess not your expectations. What is your prediction for the game against Columbus Friday night at home? I think getting back home, I think a little more rest. I think they may start getting to a flow. I'm con- a team like Columbus is the kind of team you want to get. It's divisional, so it feels more important, but they don't have much. Their roster's lacking. I mean, it's sad. They really actually are really well. They seem to be really good at getting good players, which is what it takes as a GM. They seem to be. Unfortunately, they're in Columbus, which yeah. I've never been to, but apparently not a place hockey players like to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll they'll get on track a little bit. Uh, you know, another disappointment, by the way, Barclay Goodrow has been promised as like the soul of the Lightning's two cups. I don't see it yet. Um, and three points. And keep in mind, I've done this math in my head and I love Kreider and I don't want to, this may upset you. 
Kreider is six and change. Goodrow is three and change. If you add those, it's about 10. You know who makes about 10? Jack Eichel. So the money that could have been going to Jack Eichel and Zibanejad went to those two guys sort of indirectly. And that is something that I, I, you know, I'm hoping they live up to. Maybe I'm too hard on Goodrow early. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's been, you know, he's de- he was definitely overpaid, but that's what happens when you win the Stanley Cup, right? Like you, you just earn more money if you're a champion. That's what people want you on their team for. But I think, you know, he's he's kind of performed like how I expected him. Like I, he's not like some super skilled guy that's going to be flashy and, and do the oohs and ahs and get the fans' attention. But, you know, he's one of those guys like similar to a Brett Howden that just like does those little things and, and kind of goes unnoticed. You're going to trigger a lot of Twitter with that. Just so well, you Brett, know. no, Brett, but Brett Howden, Brett Howden was a great two-way forward. I mean, he, he wasn't like I liked a, Brett Howden, but yeah. my, my God on Twitter is he disliked. Oh, he's, he's disliked by every Ranger fan, but like so many people just look at the stats and look at the points and don't actually watch the, the, you know, 200 foot player. Like Brett Howden was on every penalty kill. Like he, he did the little things that like go unnoticed that, you know, That's some okay. People, you know, Kevin Rooney's name hasn't come up and Kevin yeah. Rooney's like a perfect fourth line center. Like yeah. just does what, you know, like not going to change the world big, uh, decent in the circle, which that has been a, a, a clusterfuck this season. Sorry, mom and Aunt Karen. Um, <laughs> but but th- that has been, uh, you know, the face-off circle. He's solid in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, you have to have an awareness. And I think that's something that Rangers fans have to be aware that you need different co- complexions of the lines. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the problem with some of the, of the Jeff Gordon era is we started counting our chickens on, look at these prospects. If they all pan out, we have an all-star team. And it's like, that would happen with every team that's rebuilding. The mm-hmm. whole thing is you, you, you lay 50 eggs and 10 of them come out. It, it, you're never going to have every prospect pan out. Would mm-hmm. I have liked two of our top 10 prospects to not have demanded to leave the organization? Perhaps, but yeah. you know, some are, it, it, you're never going to get every single one of them. And so that's where you, as much as I would have paid, like to pay them less. That's where a Barclay Goodrose roster spot comes in. Yeah. And then who knows, like at the trade deadline, you know, we could be trading some prospects depending on where our record is because, you know, it's definitely toward the end of the rebuild. I don't think you could say the Rangers are rebuilding anymore. I agree. Uh, the problem is, is it, if it's near the end of the rebuild, that's really counting on Kako and Lafreniere becoming what we think they can. Yeah. Um, the weird part about the Eichel thing, because I still think it's possible, though very much less likely, mm-hmm. um, is it actually weirdly would be a move they'd probably make if they were out of playoff contention, not in. Because he can't play this year, probably. Because he can't. Yeah, if you're already out of playoff contention and you decide Heal's not the guy or whatever, you actually there is a smart there is a smart punt a year. Because if they were able to, and this was all of our you know uh, uh, dreams all offseason. I mean, if you're running Eichel's Avengers up the middle, that is Braden Point, Stephen Samkos. That is what won those cups. Was this? Mm -hmm. You can say all you want about the you know Killorns of the world, which are great. You know, Islanders fans like to talk about Clutterbuck wins rings. No, Matt Barzell probably does more. Like uh-huh. that's like Clutterbuck's you know, good though, man. He is good. I do very, like him. He, he's good. He's very good. But with the Islanders, the Islanders fans with this whole fourth line obsession is like, dude, Barry Trotz is a genius. That's the reason you guys are what you are. Um, and um, but yeah, I, I that would be an int- that's an interesting wrinkle to the the trade deadline is that Eichel actually would be a move not to compete. It'd be a move to say we're willing to delay competing because when we do compete at full force we are you know formidable yeah i i completely agree and before i let you go even though i'm probably going to call you right after to talk about it uh i'm going to let you give your hottest take either for the rangers or just in the nhl in general i don't know how hot this is but i know that it's controversial because it's been a, a topic that's been debated a lot i don't mind that the rangers held off on captain um only because i think the last couple of captains kind of haven't been great 
Callahan was a really soulful guy, but never that good of a hockey player. And for what it's worth, a few years later, kind of demanded out because we didn't pay him enough, which was not a great look. Mm-hmm. And McDonough, as much as he was good, kind of peaked early and we ended up trading him for a terrible trade. Like, you want a captain, you want the Messier, you want the brought us to the promised land, was a career ranger. All right, how many of those good. are there? You know, there aren't a ton <laughs> for sure. But I'm just saying, I'm not, if no one emerged, I don't think there's some obvious captain we've been neglecting. And quite frankly, that may be because Adam Fox, in three years or two years, when he has more of a voice in the room, you know, he's not, he probably feels weird standing up in the room and yelling at his teammates just now. Maybe that's the thought process. But I don't know if there's such an obvious captain right now. Kreider'd be in the Callahan model where he's like the soul, but he's not as talented as you want a captain. A lot of the captains out there are just the most talented guys on the team. And then like Panarin and Mika don't seem to be the as outspoken as you'd want. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with I like the C carrying real weight. And I feel like the last two, not Callahan and McDonough's fault necessarily, though Callahan did kind of get greedy, but the I, I don't love it happening and then they're gone two years later. It really it rubs me the wrong way. That's a really controversial opinion, I think. I might have to make that the social media clip because I feel like a lot of people would have... I mean, I kind of disagree. I think Callahan and Madonna were fucking awesome. Those are the guys who you know, put their heart and soul and lay their body on the line every single night. That's like what you expect and what you want in your captain. You know, Mika Zibanejad's not diving face first to block a shot anytime soon, you know? Well, this is why you played hockey at higher levels yeah. than me, my man. You've been in yeah. those locker rooms. I don't know, I just... You know, maybe Messier set an impossible standard. I grew up. Well, yeah, he was the best captain of all time. (laughs) Yeah, he is the captain. So maybe there, maybe there's that. But I look around the league, and there's like these. There's some that are forced, and there's some. And I'm trying to think of good examples, and I really can't come up with any. Maybe this point is going to fall on its face. Wait, of captains right now, you're saying? Who are just like that guy is the captain of that team, and like I, I, you know, what comes to mind for me the first one, even though it's obviously very controversial right now, but like when I think of a captain of the last decade in the NHL. Jonathan Taves is the first guy that comes to mind for me. Yeah, exactly. That is the guy who's like the captain of that team. And also one of the two or like a been to all-star games and stuff. That's not so important, but I do think there's a natural, the guy who's putting the puck in in big moments people look to. And so that's where Callahan was great. But like there was a lack of that. Did that guy ever have 25 in a season? I don't know, but he had four in one game, I remember, and that was he had a nasty goal in that game against Philadelphia. I'll never forget that. But one. my my point being, it's nice when you can find that convergence of yeah. uh, of that, and so I don't mind them holding off. I do think, though, to to give in a little bit to this hot take or whatever, I do think mm. that maybe it does limit your ceiling if you don't. It, it may bring the team, so it may galvanize the team in some way. Maybe in the middle of the season that can be used. I'm not yeah. sure. I love the Galant tire, so I'm giving him a lot of rope for a couple of years till I start criticizing what he does. I'm not going to start burning torches just yet. Uh I'll give you another underrated captain. Actually, I don't know why this came to mind because there's obviously like there's probably way better options like because like Crosby could have said Ovechkin, but Jamie Ben is like an amazing captain. I feel like I, 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 I I'm glad you're like no Crosby's like I guess Crosby is is a, but he's not so oh my god rip, you know Ryan O'Reilly he's the captain right yeah he's the captain that's like a captain like he's yeah. like a like I want to follow that man into war like the, the yeah. beard and he's out in the middle getting getting pushed around as well mm-hmm. as scoring you know doing pretty plays. You know, I'd love that. Again, you can't always have those guys, unfortunately. Yeah. So you can't have Sidney Crosby not, in your team and not have him where the you know where the C. Like it's just. That's well, like Connor too. I don't know how outs. Connor seems like a pretty sheepish, quiet guy. 
but like he's the greatest player I've ever watched in my life. You're gonna yeah. put if he wants the seeds, his. Yeah, seriously. Um, before I let you go, you know, obviously you're an established writer. If there's anything you want to plug, where can people find you? I know you have a book. If you want to mention that. Yeah, uh, I have a I, I have a book, and I write about stuff that has nothing to do with this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've known him my whole life, and I still don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I I do write on Forbes, though this isn't my boss would be uh, would want me to say uh, this is an unaffiliated appearance from Forbes. <laughs> I do not write about the Rangers on Forbes, though I probably shouldn't because I'd probably be much less professional. Mm. Um, and I have a book called Fake Politics, which also has nothing to do with this, as you can probably tell from the title. But if you, <laughs> listen, to this, if you listen to this and you go, I also like politics, then sure, I could use the royalties. Yeah. Fake politics is all about Henrik Lundqvist going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and that, that book would be really unprofessional. It would just be, yeah. it would be more of a love letter, if anything. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I love you. Thank you for coming on. Um, love you too. I'm glad yeah. I, 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 like I said, I'm glad I made this on. I guess I'm not Jewish enough for the locker room, but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll cross that road when we get there at some point. Love <laughs> you. All right, buddy. Later. Later. I want to thank my cousin, Jason Bisnoff, once again for coming on the show. I hope you guys found him entertaining. I know I always do, especially that take on McDonough and Callahan not being good captains. thought that was a little ridiculous, but that's why I love him. So. Uh, I want to thank him one more time for coming on. That's going to wrap up this week's show. Got another show coming for you next week. Not sure what day it's going to come out. Trying to post these on Rangers game days. Not all of them, but at least once a week. So stay tuned. Please feel free to DM me on Twitter or Instagram with any questions or any talking points that you want me to touch on in these episodes. I love hearing from the fans. The show is for the fans. So follow along, DM me, whatever you want, interact, and Big game at home tonight, Rangers-Columbus in the Garden. Let's go, Rangers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.